0: Welcome to Balance Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Of Balanced Black Girl podcast, my name is Les. I am your host, and I am so honored to be sharing this space with you today. If you're new to listening to Balanced Black Girl, this is a safe space where I have candid, just rich conversations with Black women in the wellness space to hear their stories to get put on some game, <laughs> learning about their expertise. And it's where you can tune in and listen in and also benefit from hearing their stories and their expertise. I don't know about you, but this year, my wellness routine has been thrown for a loop, along with every other area of life, right? For, for most of us, that's been the case. And a lot of the ways that I previously took care of myself pre-pandemic have kind of gone out the window (laughs) and I really had to redefine what it meant to be well. I had to redefine what work-life separation looked like when I was all of a sudden confined to a very small space to work and live and had little options of where to go outside of that. Um, I had to redefine what moving my body looked like when I was no longer able to go to physical spaces outside of my home to safely move. It has just thrown a lot of things for a loop, and I suspect that you have had to make similar adjustments. Today's guest, I just am so excited to introduce her to you and to share this conversation with you. We started Thinking that we were going to just talk about remote life and staying healthy while working from home and our wellness routines and how they've changed in 2020, which we did. We talk about that a good portion, but it ended up actually just being this really soul nourishing conversation about mindfulness and the importance of really tending to our minds, the importance of being really calm. And kind and gentle to ourselves because it is oftentimes so much easier to be kinder to other people than we are with ourselves. And what started as a conversation about physical wellness and understanding our body is just turned into this beautiful experience. And I walked away from this conversation just feeling so full and so grateful to have shared the space, which is why I am so excited to share this episode with you. With more than 10 years of experience coaching burned out people around the world to reconnect with their bodies and minds, our guest today, Taryn, is committed to sharing practical tools to understand the body, energy, and mindfulness to take her clients from stress to success. As a yoga, meditation, and wellness coach with a background in osteopathy, that's a hard word to say, y'all. She te- you'll hear her teach me how to say it in the episode. <laughs> Taryn has focused her teachings around holistically approaching the aspects that contribute to overall well-being. She has extensive experience working with brands from Women's Health to Puma to creating engaging wellness experiences and content. In 2020, Taryn founded Remote Team Wellness as a solution for forward-thinking companies to prioritize their people's well-being. By connecting them to world-class wellness instructors and facilitators. Let's jump into the interview so that you can hear more from Taryn. Taryn, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here because you do some very important work that I think all of us right now in 2020 while we're recording this, we need right now. <laughs> So I'm excited to introduce you to our community here at Balanced Black Girl so that folks can get to know you. Um, You have an extensive background in the wellness space and now with your current company, Remote Team Wellness, helping folks stay healthy while working from home. But before we dive into that, I would love to get to know you a little bit better and to learn more about what brought you to this space and inspired your interest in wellness.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So, basically, I started out as a dancer. (laughs) Um, I pretty much started dancing before I could walk, I'm pretty sure. Um, And that led me to being very in tune and in touch with my body my whole life and always trying to learn new ways to challenge myself and my own physicality. Then um, I got very badly injured when I was 17 years old. Kind of shattered any hope of me becoming a professional dancer, which that was, it was a, a moment to kind of stop and reflect and realize that what I was doing wasn't necessarily helping my own body. Like I was more pushing myself in, in a very competitive mindset. I think I drove myself to the place where I felt like I had to perform all the time. Um, and that, ne- that wasn't necessarily the thing that helped my, that, that made me healthy. So basically, I went to a Bikram yoga class. Um, when I got injured, I, I had hurt my ankle really badly. and My doctor told me that I could either go to yoga or go to um, water aerobics, go and try water aerobics. And so I went to a Bikram class, <laughs> <laughs> tried the most intense form of yoga. And it was a really humbling experience for me because all of the things that I had become so used to doing and being able to perform really well at, I wasn't able to do. And I had to, you know, sit down and reflect and be still for the first time in my life. And that really led me on this journey of like exploring what it means to actually be well. So that practice of having to consistently show up wasn't necessarily the postures or, you know, the, Intensity of the practice. It was more actually just kind of the heat and having to come to a consistent place every single day and just see my body change and improve from time to time and realize that every time I stepped onto the mat, something was different. Um, and that really, that was a really beautiful moment that I realized, oh wow, like there's there's something to this practice and there's something to uh, doing things that aren't necessarily just for competition. So then I ended up studying human movement um, and osteopathy. And that was such an eye-opening experience to just realizing how self-healing the body really is and how we all have the potential to heal ourselves and tap into our, this unlimited potential within ourselves. So through that experience, I, I was practicing yoga because I really needed to. I was working and and also in clinic and then studying. And so I really needed my yoga practice. And in that, I decided to maybe try, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try uh, a yoga teacher training. And I didn't really want to teach. I didn't want to do anything um, with the teacher training, but the teachers that I had really encouraged me to do something with it because I had the, the anatomical knowledge. And they, <laughs> they decided that, they would tell me that I was going to be teaching an hour before I was teaching. Um, <laughs> so I just showed up to this class that I thought I was attending and they were like, Oh, actually, could you just teach? <laughs> um, and that's where my journey started. And I, I never looked back from that space. I just saw so much, I, I found so much joy in being able to share the practice with other people. And that led me to teaching all around the world and being able to just connect with people through movement and through, um, through their bodies So that's how I've come to this place of really tapping into wellness and meditation and yoga. Um, But this practice continues to transform for me and to change shape for me. And I've taken so many different courses and learned so many other things that have kind of integrated into my practice, which makes it really difficult for me to actually surmise what it is that I do sometimes Mm -hmm. because I am a student first. And that's how I approach everything. And that's, uh, that's really helped me to, to be in this place of really expanding every single day.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful. There's a few aspects of your story that I would love to tap into a little bit more. Um, first is that you started off talking about your background in dance and how that really promoted a sense of body awareness, which Absolutely. is incredible. I felt very similar. I don't have a background in dance, but having worked in fitness for so long and growing up as an athlete you do, you know, when you start really using your body at, at a young age, you you do have this body awareness that I think for some folks they may not have and coming mm. to that later in life I think can be challenging for people, certainly not impossible. But if someone is struggling to kind of have body awareness or really get in touch with their body and how they feel, how do you recommend they tap into that?
1: I always recommend the breath. Um, it's a beautiful place to start because body awareness—you know—there are so many different layers and elements, and it, you kind of need to move through one one layer to unlock another. Mm-hmm. But the breath is the natural entry point into any kind of awareness. So, yeah. being able to tap into your breathing rhythm and how you feel as you breathe, and notice knowing how to control your breath is something that really helps to gain general awareness. So when you're trying to improve or increase your body awareness, it's a really good starting point.
0: Love that. Love that. And the other question I had was you talked about your background in, I hope I say this right, <laughs> osteopathy. Is osteopathy. that I say that? Osteopathy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, right. you can say it depending on what region you're in, you can say it either way. <laughs> I want to say it
0: the way you say it because I, you, you know what you're talking about osteopathy. So, mm-hmm. can you tell us a bit more about what that is, what that means? I'm not familiar with it.
1: Osteopathy is the holistic treatment of the body. So, instead of focusing on just a symptom, we focus on the whole structure. And it's a really beautiful way to figure out what the root cause of pain is and somatic dysfunction is. Um, So if you've had an injury, like from a really, really early injury, it will show up in different areas of your body. So just instead of just looking at what shows up and what physically manifests in one area, kind of look in a, assess the whole and look at different patterns cross patterns in your body to be able to treat the deeper problem and the root problem so it is getting to the root but osteopathy works on the basis that the body is a self-healing unit Um, and that's also what really drew me to it because it's so holistic and that word sometimes gets a little bit diluted just like the word wellness gets Mm -hmm. diluted yeah um but it is, it is a, an extremely whole approach to treatment.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful because in understanding how the body works, there's so many functions that our bodies have that really serve to heal us, right? To get us kind of to that centered state, but so much about our lifestyles and just kind of the societies that we live in today don't really let our bodies fully get to that place. And so any modality that can support that, I think is really wonderful. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I completely agree. And the really interesting thing about osteopathy as well is that instead of it being um, something that's just for one section of treatment, so just for rehabilitation, or just when you feel like you're a little bit tingly, it's kind of a maintain- a full maintenance. So you can yeah. go and see an osteopath at any time, no matter what you're feeling in your body, even if your body feels completely healthy. It's just a really rest- Storative balancing technique. And there are a lot of energetic practices that work on a deeper level into your energy body that really help to keep your body maintained and health, healthy and whole.
0: Oh my goodness, you sold me. I'm like, I need to go <laughs> figure out where I can go get some osteopathy. <laughs> you
1: should. Yeah, you should. It's, it's an interesting practice to engage for sure. And everyone does it quite very differently because, again, it is quite energetic. So it yeah. depends on the person and what they specialize in.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of the perfect segue into my next question, because we have talked quite a bit about the physical, um, but I know that you also do a lot of work in terms of mindfulness as well and incorporating meditation. And so um, how have you, what brought you to that space? Was it your yoga practice that maybe introduced you to meditation and mindfulness? Or how did you then get into that space as well?
1: 100% my yoga practice, because if you would have told me when I was 18 years old that I would be... Teaching meditation, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> um, because it, you know, I think that just the element of slowing down in the yoga practice and becoming very mindful of what your body is actually doing and what you are experiencing in a moment drew me into a deeper, deeper level of awareness of my body and made me realize that actually my body has other layers that I haven't quite tapped into and explored. And there is, you know, there's only so much that we can achieve and attain through the physical, but it really does come down to the mind and how we are seeing things that really comes with the transformational changes that we want to make in our lives. There's this beautiful quote, if you get your mind right, your body will follow.
0: Mm.
1: And I really do live that and believe that in my everyday life because I think that if you aren't checking in with where your thoughts are at and what you are digesting and what you are thinking and what you are processing and putting out then it's really difficult for you to tap in and you know kind of bring yourself back into the rest of your body and the rest into like your emotions and into your physical being so mindfulness is such an important practice and it's actually started to appeal to me even more. So I started out very physical and really wanting to you know, do all the deep postures and the really intense practices. But as I get deeper into my spiritual and physical practice, I feel more drawn toward you know, mindfulness and, and meditation because it really does help every level of your life.
0: Absolutely, uh, I've had such a similar experience, and I know I've talked to so many mm-hmm. other folks in the wellness space you have as well, where it's like the movement and the physical is kind of a gateway, and then you reach a certain point with that where you start realizing that you want your mind to catch up and then it just it yeah. takes over. like the journey totally shifts
1: <laughs> completely. it's so it's so strange, isn't it? Yeah, um yeah, but I think it makes sense because I mean the physical the physical is kind of your your gateway into awareness. Yeah. Right. Because this is what we have. This is the tangible suit that we have to move through this world. But then there are just so many again different layers that we can access and we can tap into.
0: Yeah. And I mean not to get too woo-woo and out there, but it's me, <laughs> so I'm gonna go there. Is that physically, you know, our bodies can kind of only do so much. Right. But our minds there's no bounds to to what our minds can do and where our minds can go and there's so much more there that it makes sense that you kind of hit a ceiling <laughs> with the physical <laughs> and then really yeah. to expand yeah yeah absolutely
1: and i mean like if you are going to take yourself to a new level in your body and you are going to unlock a new physical element, you would do really have to kind of come back into your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you have to overcome any, any kind of fear or any kind of resistance. And that usually is stored right up here. So, yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. So I would love to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, how we can stay healthy working from home and how we can really treat our minds and bodies well working from home. So as we mentioned earlier, you have a company called Remote Team Wellness, where you facilitate wellness classes and experiences for remote teams, which is amazing. What are some of the common challenges you've seen when it comes to folks being able to stay well, be either physically or mentally when they are either kind of confined or in a remote space? Mm, Yeah, it's a good question
1: because I think the main challenge that a lot of people are facing is just kind of having everything be relegated to their home space. And that's an extremely challenging thing to have your home space become your workspace, your entertainment space, your child-rearing space, um, everything. And then having to also juggle a workload with your well-being it's just a lot to balance, and there are so many people who didn't quite have the tools or know how to manage everything that was happening you know in the world at large and then also have to just show up to their everyday lives like everything had <laughs> everything was just normal. Um, so I think that's been a really big challenge for a lot of people is just the anxiety around. Finding a routine in this new virtual work environment because this isn't necessarily that you know the whole world just decided to become digital nomads and work remotely. It's like you have to go to your home and do you know do all of your work and all of your um, all of your tasks in one space. So the thing that I have really been trying to tap into and teach clients that I've been seeing is to find different practices that separate your spaces and making sure that you are consciously arriving and leaving your spaces when you are engaging with them. So arriving in your workspace and making sure that you would turn off the distraction of the home space. Um, and that's not always possible to fully do, especially if you have children running around. Mm-hmm. But just trying to find some semblance of routine and separation, it makes I think makes it a little bit easier to actually be productive and to actually get the things that you need to get done so yeah so that's probably one of the main challenges another thing that I keep seeing for people is just like I think everyone is kind of onlined out at first obviously everyone was jumping onto you know jumping onto <laughs> zoom calls and everyone wanted to jump onto instagram lives and do all of these things that were online but there you know there's this I mean zoom fatigue is a very real thing and that's a term now that has just come out of this covid situation um and just feeling like you're so emotionally drained by having to constantly show up to a computer screen but not really engage physically but you're still you're still there and you're still present so how do you find ways to you know keep yourself well and to keep yourself you know protected in in some kind of way because I mean, it's really straining for your eyesight to be staring at a screen for 12 hours a day. So also just giving people time to exercise, getting, getting people outside of their homes um, and giving people exercises where they, they do have to leave their environment and stand up, make sure that they are moving their bodies around, because it, it does become quite, tempting to want to just, you know, lock yourself into work, sit yourself at your desk and just work all day and get everything done and then move on to the rest of your day, hopefully. But it's just, it's not sustainable, especially if we're going to move into a longer term remote working environment in a remote working world. We really need to think about practices that can be sustainable for us to keep ourselves healthy and to keep ourselves well and to keep our bodies fit instead of just, you know, being stiff and stuck and locked to um, uncomfortable positions. Another thing is also what your setup is. So I think when this seemed like a very almost temporary thing, a lot of people were working from their couches or sometimes Mm -hmm. their beds, uh, you know, or the ground (laughs) or, you know, other places that don't necessarily support uh, your body staying physically sound um, and really do really can lead to quite a lot of dysfunction if you keep doing those same behaviors where you're keeping yourself sitting in really uncomfortable positions. So those are all considerations of this remote working and working from home situation that we find ourselves in that I think it's going to be a challenge. It's going to take a lot of consciousness and a lot of mindfulness for us to be able to do it well. And for us to be able to move through this shift uh, with a, a, a sense of integrity that's actually going to keep us at a, a level of um, a level of health that we can maintain. You know, instead of just trying to throw all of our eggs into one basket and make this, you know, something that we're doing really well for a few months. And then we we just need to go back to our regular lives. Like we can do this really well, but we just need the practices in order to achieve it.
0: Looking at my desk right now, I have about four different beverages (laughs) which I usually have at any given time while I'm working or recording episodes of the podcast. One beverage that I always have on my desk is a glass of my Organifi Green Juice. I am such a big fan of Organifi Green Juice because it's a really really delicious powder that you can dissolve right into water and get major major nutritional benefits so much more efficient and cost-effective than buying a ton of fresh produce and using a really big loud clunky juicer I know this because back in the day I used to juice my own green juice every day and it was a very loud expensive habit I also wasn't getting the same nutritional benefits that I get from Organifi I wasn't getting ingredients like moringa, which is an incredible source of essential amino acids. I wasn't getting ashwagandha to regulate stress. I wasn't getting turmeric for anti-inflammatory properties to help improve my immune system. I love just throwing a scoop of the Organifi in water. I feel great. It's an amazing pick-me-up to help me digest my food better, and feel more hydrated. So if you would like to simplify your superfood intake, I cannot recommend Organifi Green Juice enough. You can go to balanceblackgirl.com forward slash Organifi. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. And you can use the coupon code BBG for 15% off. Again, that is balancedblackgirl.com forward slash organify using the coupon code BBG for 15% off. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. And that's such great advice all the way around everything from the changing our routines to having kind of designated zones and spaces to do different things. I think I completely agree that what we previously thought of as maybe a good routine or wellness and and what that looked like, like those definitions are just going to change. (laughs) It's time for them to change. But the hopeful thing is that I think it's a really good opportunity to hopefully make some of these um, processes and ways that we do things work better for us. Because I also think the way we were doing things before weren't really working either. We just kind of all accepted it.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so I think that's also the challenge in this is to not get back into that place where, you know, again, like it wasn't working before. And so instead of just ex- adopting another lifestyle that doesn't work fully for us now, how do we actually become more conscious in what we're doing and do things that do work for us? Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, goodness. Such a good point. So I'm curious. I definitely have some thoughts on this, but I would love to hear your thoughts on why is it important that we incorporate things that kind of nourish our minds, nourish our bodies into our work day?
1: Well, um, it's important because if we don't make time for it or make space for it, it's not going to happen, you know? Um, And if we're not allowing ourselves that space to actually, you know, think about how we are doing and how we are taking care of ourselves, then it, again, it's just not going to, it's not going to be able to translate. And we're not going to be able to integrate um, it into our daily lives. So by carving out spaces in your workday that you are actually mindfully taking care of yourself and you're actually doing things and, and engaging with practices on a consistent basis, not just, oh, I watched a YouTube video <laughs> doing a bar class like a couple of weeks ago. you know, um, the, it's, not, it's not a really sustainable way to, to take this into something that makes uh, healthy habits and forms healthy habits. Um, and I would really like to hear your, your thoughts and your input about this as well, but, because there are so many people that I speak to that don't really uh, have those kinds of practices um, as their normal and as their, their baseline, which is why I started the company that I started, because I realized that there are so few people that actually had the tools to be able to address, you know, these issues um, as they pop up. So by having the space to, you know, to actually put it into your workday and to allow yourself to take time to take time to take a walk or take time to just have a few mindful, conscious breaths and separate yourself from your computer for a few minutes every single day, if it's not structured into your day in some way, again, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I completely agree, and I think that you know previously when more folks were either working in separate spaces outside of their home, there was very much, there's just a very much a way to do things. It's like you commute, Mm -hmm. you work and it's only work you commute back. And maybe if you're, you know, one of someone who does that, then you have like an hour to go to the gym or take a class or whatever, but that's just kind of it. And then you go home and probably continue working more or jump onto something else. And that was, what was so kind of socialized to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for me personally, just the practices are so much more impactful when it's not like, oh, I spent an hour doing this at the gym and then I move on. It's when I do little things throughout the day to keep myself centered. And I think that with how we work, being in such flux and changing, it's just such an opportunity Mm -hmm. to incorporate more of that than we could before.
1: Yeah, completely agreed. And I think also like you you make an interesting point there because I think also the way that people are seeing what wellness is, is really shifting and really changing because so, so many people that I spoke to, you know, before the situation were just like, oh yeah, I I go to the gym, so I'm well, (laughs) you know, um, and really would equate wellness to just physical or physical fitness or, um, you know, nutritional health. Whereas wellness is a multi dimensional concept, you know, that encompasses a lot of different areas of our lives. Instead of it just being one aspect, it is almost everything that makes up who we are um, as people. So, I mean, it's everything from our physical fitness, our mental, spiritual, emotional, our occupational fitness, our environmental fitness, you know, the spaces that we find ourselves in. So, That is becoming way more apparent because now we are, again, in our home spaces. So this has become a very uh, open time of self-inquiry for a lot of people because we, for the first time, have had to just sit with ourselves and, you know, see all of these different aspects and elements of ourselves that maybe we don't necessarily look at and we can just kind of rush through in the day because we don't have time for it. but. There's now just been so much time, so much time to be still and to sit with these things and to really find out what it does mean for
0: you to be well. Oh my God, you're taking us to church right now. (laughs) I would love to hear your experiences with that because, you know, for those listening, before we started recording, we were talking about Taryn's experience so far um, Mm -hmm. with quarantine and with the restrictions that is um, not what you were planning for your 2020. (laughs) As you shared, you had kind of more of a nomad lifestyle. You traveled a lot and Mm -hmm. um, the plans that you had haven't been able to happen. And you've been in Johannesburg for the past six months, which wasn't what you were planned. Um, So I'm curious, like, have you had that experience where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm now here sitting in this space longer than I intended and and what has come of that with, for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, and I've, I've been alone in this space and I look, I I'm quite happy and comfortable in my own company. I do quite enjoy being by myself, but this is a whole different level of being by yourself. You know, it is um, to have everyone kind of in the space where they're processing what is happening in very different ways. Cause everyone's going through the same experience on a physical plane, but in a very different way, just depending on where they are at um, in their lives and in, you know, in the world. Um, and for me, it was really a moment of acceptance and allowing, um, which is not something that I will admit I'm not very good at, you know, to actually just allow the fact that this is not really something that I have control over and it's not something that I, I can change instantly. And I, and I, I do like having a plan. I do like having structure and um, all of these things that all of a sudden disappeared. So for me, this was just a very interesting exercise in stepping into a space of openness and uncertainty, allowing the uncertainty of what is happening to just kind of take over and Be all right with it to sit with the uncertainty and the discomfort of not knowing. Because to be honest, before this. we, we had a very false sense of security and this almost illusion of certainty in our everyday lives. You know, we had a sense of like, I go to this place and this thing gets done. And I, I pick up my children here. I do this thing here. I, you know, it's like, it's all been very neat and very linear, this life that we have um, built up in the society that we have <laughs> come to know and, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, But to be honest, life has never been certain. And I think we're all really being shown that on a deeply fundamental level. uh, And it's about the resilience to allow ourselves to move forward and not get caught up in the uncertainty, not allow ourselves to spiral in you know, not knowing and and not having not having a timeline, not having a plan, but instead asking yourself how you'll be transformed by the situation. When something really deeply uprooting happens, um, when there is a change or a loss, and this has been a mass loss because it's a loss of life as we have known it, there's a certain level and element of grief. So for the first, I'd say month, I really just took time to sit with the grief that I felt for all of the things I wasn't able to do and that I had lost. And, you know, that brings up so many other things. And that's also why it's sometimes uncomfortable for people to be alone by themselves, because those are not comfortable feelings. And those are not, you know, the most uh, fun spaces to sit in. And sometimes when you do allow yourself to open up to those spaces and other things that may be unprocessed do come up as well. So, for me it's been a beautiful experience because I'm so I'm so grateful for all of the lessons that I've learned through this and also having to just pivot my business immediately <laughs> made such um such an incredible energetic focus um in me that I w- I don't think I would have had before because I was so comfortable with what I was doing and I was so I was so set in my ways and you know like very very comfortable just moving from place to place but this is the actual work that I needed to do on myself. It's the actual tool thing that would help to elevate me and to, you know, take me to a whole new level rather than to just keep me in my, my very comfortable way of operating. So this has been a really up-leveling time for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I so appreciate you sharing that. As you have gone through that experience and had this upleveling leveling time, um, I'm curious what that process looked like for you as you were navigating kind of those initial feelings of grief to understanding, you know, what the transformative growth experience has been from that? What did that look like from that kind of initial, probably not so good feeling to yeah. acceptance of of where we are now?
1: Yeah. Um, it looked messy. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. It was almost like you need the mess like and embracing the mess because I think again, like we have, we have really packaged a lot of things so neatly in and so beautifully in our society. So we packaged grief into, you know, these five stages of, you know, this is what you're going to experience when you lose something or someone. And um, having lost my father and having lost my grandfather, I have really experienced that, you know, those, (laughs) grief is a completely opposite process of that. It is not neat. It is not, Linear and it really does take feeling into the experience and allowing yourself to Really, you know get really vulnerable um, And to get really raw with how you're feeling and honest with yourself Rather than try to just sugarcoat it and get to acceptance really quickly, you know Just get to everything's fine and I can just go back to work so because I think also because I have been through those, both of those deaths and those mm-hmm. losses, I am a, a little bit more open to allowing those spaces and allowing those feelings and letting myself feel. It's a really important skill, I think, for us to tap into to allow ourselves to feel our feelings. And that's something that I'm exploring more and more every day, you know, because I, I came from a family that was very much about keeping yourself strong and solid for the greater good of other people. I was strong for other people a lot. Um, I, I was always like this pillar of strength because I'm, I'm an only child and I went through a lot in my younger life. And so I always had the sense of not crying and not showing how I felt because I was afraid that it would be too hard for others to process. But in in your own spaces like this, you need to feel what you're feeling. You need to allow yourself to just have the emotions that you're having, because the more you suppress and the more you push down those really intense feelings, you know, the, what you resist persists, and it just comes, keeps popping its head up in different ways um, and in different situations until you're ready to actually fully face it. So it might sometimes, I know for a lot of people, it may sometimes feel like you're fighting these these demons. Um, that That just refuse to go away, and they they will keep pursuing you until you just really get honest and turn to face them. Allow yourself to have that space where you 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 get curious rather than resistant. Um, allow yourself to kind of shift into into a, a space of what is this trying to teach me rather than why am I experiencing this?
0: Well, you took us to church yet again, because that is, (laughs) 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 but that's so true. And it's such good advice that all of us, myself included, need to hear. I know something that I've experienced a lot in, you know, quarantine and staying home is having um, a lot of really uncomfortable memories pop up, memories that I have suppressed and pushed away through distraction and events and people and travel and all of the things for decades that now when it's just, me at home with my plants are all coming back up and having to realize that, you know, I'm not in the same space as I was when I experienced those things and that I, I am okay and safe to process them now and to release them as need be. And that's hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you can, yeah, you can say that again. At least the the plants are very supportive though, aren't they? (laughs) They are. Um, They are. Um, But I, you, you really can say that again. I think that's also the difficult thing about a lot of trauma and a lot of people who have experienced trauma. A lot of, I say a lot of people, everyone has experienced trauma in some way, shape or form. And because we we are naturally inclined to want to move away from uncomfortable experiences and avoid uncomfortable experiences. We just keep pushing that away and away and away because we we have that same attachment and association to that trauma from when we were, I don't know, three, four, five um, but we are now adults, and we do, as you were saying, have the capacity to process in a different way and in a different mindset and head and headspace. So that's also why it's a very worthwhile journey to really start to inquire about the things that have been a a little bit you know suppressed in your life or that you have wanted to push away because you aren't in that same place, you aren't that same child. So. Being able to do, you know, healing work around the things that have happened to you and to allow yourself to just realize that you did the best that you could at the time um, and with the information that you had. And giving yourself almost a bit of reparenting and self-compassion is so important because that you, there, there's no other way to move forward. Uh, that's what helps to to shift you into an, another space where that, you know, those same things will probably come up in some form again. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you face a, a trauma or a traumatic experience or you face something quite deep inside of you, it just doesn't affect you in the same way. Yeah. And that is almost the most beautiful part because you realize how much you've grown and how much stronger you've become in your journey to take you to a place where you can then look at the same situations and the same people and maybe you know maybe even find some semblance of forgiveness or acceptance for those things that have, have happened to be able to move you forward instead of holding on in some way and you know distracting yourself from something is holding on to it because mm-hmm. it's still not being dealt with you yeah. know it's um, you know, you may think you're getting away from it by running, but you're, ho- you're just carrying it with you because, I mean, you can get on a plane. Well, you can't get on a plane right now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go anywhere, um, anywhere in the world, but wherever you go, there you are. You're going to yep. have to face yourself at some point. And that's just the nature of life. It's the nature of us shifting and moving through this human experience to actually live open-heartedly and with vul- a, a level of vulnerability that will help us to expand rather than to contract into those spaces that hurt us yeah. you know and to contract around those things that have hurt us
0: yes yeah and to not contract around much to what you said how you were raised to be strong and to you know be in support mm-hmm. of others i think that is as black women that's that is the whole mo of of what we're taught, and learning how to also not hold on to that anymore, um, I think, is also a very important part of the process, and and giving ourselves space to truly feel and remember that our feelings and our experiences are valid as well, and that we can give ourselves space to feel it.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there, because allowing yourself to know that your feelings are valid um it's the first level of healing you know just really accepting that what you are feeling matters what you are experiencing matters instead of trying to justify it away or trying to you know trying to find out what someone else thinks to see if it's okay giving yourself the space and the compassion to just feel it to to just allow yourself to feel it it's yeah. a really it's a really good initiation point into into healing a lot of deeper generational wounds i feel that we that a lot of us carry around with us unconsciously and consciously
0: 100 percent. and it's such a time where i think we're all being called to do that collectively
1: mm, absolutely and it's beautiful time as well like it, it may be turbulent um and obviously healing is never is never really neat just like grief you know mm-hmm. um it's going to be turbulent and there's going to be some times that feel bloody uncomfortable, but it is such a expansive expansive space to step into because there is just so much possibility when you allow yourself to heal. And when, we, and when you begin to heal, you then automatically give other people permission to heal as well. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that we are all here to do is to heal ourselves so that we can heal each other.
0: Absolutely. I think what you just said right there, like really struck a chord with me. And it's why I think the work that like you do is so important because you are helping people realize the tools to heal, right? Where, from where they're at, right? They don't need to be anywhere else. They don't need to be anyone else. They don't need anything else. Here mm-hmm. are the tools that you can use from where you are to heal in a way that works for you. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and we are, again, like this is, this is kind of where like we're, uh, even though I don't practice osteopathy anymore, it, it keeps coming back to this thing is that like we all have the innate ability to heal ourselves. We are our own healers. But for the longest time in our society, we've been told and taught that, you know, we need to outsource our healing to other things. And we we have to ask someone else, like, what's wrong with us? Um, and we have to, you know, find out from another where where our problems are. Whereas if we would all just allow ourselves to, again, when, when there is a moment like a global pandemic that we are all forced to be still, to be still and just find out where is this coming from? Where is the pain coming from? Where is the grief coming from? Where, is the, where are the emotions coming from? Allowing yourself to sit with those, those deeper questions. Scary, yes. Yes. I will completely acknowledge that it is not easy work. And that's why, I mean, I, I, I completely understand that not a lot of people want to engage with it, but when you do, there is just so much potential and you realize how unlimited you truly are because you're tapping into your own wisdom and you're bringing forth um, this incredible sense of awareness and understanding from a place that you didn't even know that you had a resource that you didn't even know you had. If you don't tap into it, if you don't trust yourself and trust your own body, and you, you just never really get into that depth and the the power that you really do contain
0: absolutely i think our ability to trust ourselves and to trust what we're feeling be it physically emotionally mentally can be one of our greatest mm-hmm. teachers like we have so much knowledge and power within our ourselves. And I think we are very much conditioned to look externally either for validation in various things or to think that, you know, we need um, external validation to tell us how it is we feel or to approve of it. And that's just not always the case And, and learning how to really trust ourselves, even if there are times where maybe we didn't, you know, we made a decision that didn't end up well, or we betrayed our own trust at one point. Learning to not always hold ourselves to that, or not continuously punish ourselves mm. for that, is so important. Mm.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I and I think that that also that level of because yeah, it comes back to compassion because that level of like thinking yeah. that you need to punish yourself because you've done it wrong or that um, you mm-hmm. don't know it, it's another lie that we've been told um, that yep. you know that it comes back to us and the blame is on us. So then we worry that. When something does happen, it's our fault, um, and we take on yep. a lot of that fault and guilt into our body. And I mean, emotions emotions are so potent because if they are not uh, able to be expressed or to be moved, it literally just is energy in motion. Um, then they get stuck and they get trapped. And that's when things start to happen in our bodies that, you know, there are manifestations in the physical or in the mental or in other spaces that we don't really know where they're coming from, but they're just emotions that have been unprocessed. And it's as simple Mm -hmm. as that. So, uh, well, I say simple, but it is a... um, usually where a lot of dysfunction comes from which is why also when I was when I started treating patients I I realized that a lot of people's dysfunctions and things that were happening in their bodies were coming from other experiences and coming from other places things that hadn't just hadn't been processed hadn't been moved hadn't had gotten stuck in certain areas and no matter how much I you know massaged a knee or rubbed out (laughs) rubbed out a shoulder There's only so much that a physical practice can do. Again, going to those deeper levels and opening up to a deeper expansion and understanding of where things are coming from.
0: Oh, my goodness. So good. I'm like, I want to learn about all of this from you all day. (laughs) (laughs) But I would also love for folks to learn a bit more about your work with remote team wellness as well. And you know ways that if someone, I mean, I'm sure everybody here is like, I love her and want to just learn from her, right? Like if we if we want to practice with you, if we want to work with you, if we want to have our teams work with you, what is the best way to mm, do that?
1: Absolutely. So uh, we, so I'll I'll just tell you a little bit about remote team wellness. Firstly, yes. Um. So remote team wellness is something again that I conceived during. This pandemic time, because I realized again how many people were just without the tools to be able to access these practices for themselves. So I wanted a way for companies to start to really take responsibility and accountability for their employees' well being. And it is as simple as making a appointment, making making a calendar appointment, showing up to a Zoom call, and being led by a world class wellness practitioner in a modality that we we recommend. We do um, a full organizational wellness assessment and just find out where your team is at, find out exactly like the demographics and what you're interested in and what you're kind of working on as a team. And then we, we recommend different practices and practitioners to be able to support the team either on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, or we do one-off virtual events as well. So if you want to find out more about remote team wellness, you can visit us at remoteteamwellness.com and book an organizational wellness assessment. And we can kind of find out exactly how we can support your team's health journey. Really, really loving that work that I'm getting to do with companies because there is just so much shift that needs to happen in our work culture and in how we are seeing workplace wellness in general from moving from this almost, you know, cure culture, like we'll, we'll, we'll find a, we'll find a solution if something happens and we'll react um, to a more responsive preventative model of, you know, we just need to stay well. We need to keep ourselves well because the humans are the foundation of a lot of businesses. So how do we actually start to support our people and, you know, business is good Business is taking care of your people. So Absolutely. yeah. So that's how you can work with remote team wellness. Um, if anyone is interested in working with me on a personal level, my personal brand is called the chocolate pretzel. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I am going to be opening up a group coaching program um, in November and that is going to be more transformational mindset work and really thinking about how we can live more holistically well and really start to adopt practices again that we can that you can take into your everyday life and integrate into into your well-being and make it a, a habit rather than just something that you dabble in every now and then. So yeah, so you can find me at thechocolatepretzel.com or follow me on Instagram at thechocolatepretzel. Um, You can also follow Remote Team Wellness at Remote Team Wellness on all the social medias.
0: Love it. We will have all of that information linked in the show notes so that people have all the information um, to follow you about the course, about Remote Team Wellness uh, to make it super easy for folks. So Taryn, before we wrap up, I would love to hear what being a balanced Black girl means to you.
1: Ah, great question. I really like that. <laughs> being a balanced Black girl to me means integrity and vulnerability um, because, again, that's what's led me to this place of openness, um, awareness, and understanding and compassion for myself and other people. So, yeah, so really just also being a beacon of light and love in every situation that I step into. That's what helps me find my balance is moving from the space of love and moving from this a, a place of really caring for myself and the other. Um that's that how that that's helped me immensely in my journey and in my healing. So definitely that's me.
0: <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. But that's I mean we need, we need more beacons of light. And so I, I just love to hear that. That's a beautiful definition. Thank you, Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love this conversation. I just want to continue talking to you about all of these things and more. <laughs> And I so appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah,
1: I so appreciated you having me. Thank you so much. It's been such a beautiful conversation. And it's really, I mean, look, it is, it's is—it's two in the morning here. So my brain has been a little bit slow <laughs> at times, but this has been one of the best conversations I've had all year. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey to continue the conversation make sure you check out our website at balanceblackgirl.com where you can find show notes and more information about each of our episodes and you can stay in touch with us at balance black girl podcast on instagram at balance black girl on facebook and if you haven't done so already please leave us a review on apple podcasts it really really helps the show Thanks again for tuning in and keep taking care.